This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Hey guys, welcome back. It's good to be here today. This is Grace, Candace, and Wendy. And we are the Whole Mind Podcast. And today we're going to talk about anxiety. I think anxiety and depression are some of like the big topics that people really want to know more and more about and so mm-hmm. that's what we're starting with we're starting with anxiety so i'm gonna hand it over to you Wendy. yeah i think even since like march of 2020 people who never experienced anxiety before in their lives have some sense of what anxiety is even if you're not diagnosed or not full-fledged anxiety there is a sense of it because yes obviously COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll talk about that a little bit more later to bring that in. But what is anxiety? I want to give you a very brief overview. The American, what is APA? American Psychological Association? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worry thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. That is a very brief description. Yeah, Mm. definitely doesn't go into all the nuances of what anxiety is, but there you go. One thing that, um, as therapists, we've seen anxiety is not a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Mm. It's not always an unwanted thing. It is the brain's risk assessment mechanism. So if you're out in the woods and you know that there are grizzly bears in the area and you hear a bunch of twigs snap behind you, your anxiety might skyrocket because yeah. it's your brain saying, you should probably check this out and maybe run. Like, so danger, <laughs> danger. Yeah. 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 It's not always a bad thing. Um, anxiety is also not stress. Stress and anxiety are different things. Anxiety is a reaction to stress buildup mm-hmm. or perceived or real threats, like I said mm-hmm. with the bear. High levels of anxiety that come with an anxiety-based disorder are quite debilitating. So, like I said, anxiety itself is not always bad, but when there is an anxiety disorder and those ele- those levels are elevated, that's when it becomes unwanted and... Um, Just way more difficult to live with. Yeah. 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 And something that needs treated, whether it's in therapy, chemically, hormonally, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Or what's the other? Holistically. Holistically. <laughs> uh, yeah. So sometimes it can be diet things and, and sleep related and all that. But anyway, we'll maybe unpack that more. Yeah. 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 I think we all have experienced anxiety in our lives in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think the first time that I really experienced like true anxiety, not just um, my brain you know, the, the risk assessment mechanism, not just that, but, um, now looking back, I can self-diagnose myself with postpartum anxiety after Mm. my first child was born. Um, so probably about three and a half now. So three and a half, three, three and a half years ago. Um, I found that in the evenings I would get like sick to my stomach. My heart was just racing. My thoughts were going, Mm. my anxiety was very elevated and I was very Mm. emotional I would just cry for no reason yeah um you know my husband would get home and walk in the door and he'd be like hi honey how was your day and you know me and my new baby had a wonderful day and it was really good and it was happy maybe we went got out of the house a little bit or whatever and I would just start sobbing and Mm. (laughs) through my tears say it was a really good day and I had no idea why I was crying and um It was hard to fall asleep. It was hard to get back to sleep. And I realized that some people were, when I would talk to them, they'd be like, oh, were you anxious that your baby would stop breathing or something would happen at night or while you're sleeping? And and I was like, honestly, no. My anxiety was based around what if baby doesn't sleep? (laughs) (laughs) And what does that mean for you, too? Right. Yeah. But that's, looking back now, that's when I realized it was irrational because... Honestly, my child was one of the best sleepers I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, but also, realistically, if my baby didn't sleep through the night, I could take a nap the next day. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. So mm-hmm. that's when I realized that it wasn't just 
realistic s- stress like, yeah. Yeah. or mm-hmm. worry. It was irrational anxiety over something that truly wasn't a realistic big deal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's when I hindsight self-diagnosed with postpartum anxiety. That lasted for maybe about two or three months. Um, mm-hmm. And I still found myself getting more anxious with him sleeping than I did my second one. Like, my second one, I was like, I don't care. She's up all night. doesn't matter to me. I'll be fine with it. And, yeah. So it was very different. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when I realized, like, oh, this is, like, okay. Yeah, this is different. So that's my experience with um, the more intense anxiety, not just the situational stuff, Mm -hmm. but the more, like, chemical imbalance anxiety. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard how anxiety can take away our ability to think rationally. Yeah. Like, how even in what you just said, you were seeing how you were worried about um, your son not sleeping, but now, like, on the other side, you're like, oh, I could have just taken a nap the next day. But, like, yeah. in that moment, like, that is not what you were thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just completely fear-based, and it yeah. is absolutely paralyzing. Yeah. yeah. And to yeah. be honest with you, like... My son fell asleep on his own from day one when we brought him home. He'd wake up, take a bottle, go right back to sleep. Like, we had none of the nighttime terrors. He slept completely through the night at, like, six weeks old. Wow. So when I'm saying he's a good sleeper, I mean, (laughs) that's when I, looking back, I realized that, wow, this was, this was truly postpartum anxiety. It wasn't just, like, Mm -hmm. mom stress. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, even just that difference between stress and anxiety, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 And I think that's really relatable probably to a lot of people, but just Mm -hmm. even identifying, it's like I, my ability to think rationally clearly was very reduced just because of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. In your body. Say it Mm -hmm. that way. What about you guys? You want to go, Candice? Sure. Um... I guess growing up, I moved around pretty frequently. So I guess when I would go to a new school, I would Mm. experience a ton of anxiety over making friends. And I can identify that as anxiety now because it was all I thought about, like Mm. all the time. Um, It was hard for me to fall asleep or stay asleep because I was feeling so anxious about whether or not people would like me or if I'd make any Mm. friends and that sort of thing. and kind of like we were talking about with Wendy, like it takes away your ability to really think about, um, mm-hmm. I guess, realistically about what is going on around you. It makes it hard for you to even like interact with other people. Mm-hmm. I know for me, like I almost couldn't even engage when I was talking to people because I was so nervous about what they might be thinking about me. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just these awful racing thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. that's when anxiety can then fulfill what you're anxious about. So mm-hmm. you're anxious about not making new friends. Well, feeling that anxiety may have even prevented you from making new friends because you were so anxious about it and consumed by it. Mm -hmm. And then it was might have been hard for you to reach out and really embrace new friendships. Yeah. And that's a lot of how anxiety works. It's it does become self debilitating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there can be beliefs that we attach to ourselves. Yeah. When we're experiencing these anxious thoughts, moments, feelings, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but with that, when you're more anxious, you're programmed, honestly, to be a little more negative Mm -hmm. towards yourself and towards what you believe about yourself. Absolutely. And even just finding more negativity in life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we find more negative beliefs when we're experiencing anxiety. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine what your like little brain was picking up on when yeah. you're trying to make friends. And that's how yeah. old were you when you were experiencing that, Candace? Oh, little school. elementary school, easily oh, at wow. least eight, very young. Um, and then going up through middle school, high school. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Candace, how did you how did you come out of that anxiety? Like, at what point did you realize that that stopped and that was no longer a thing for you? As far as the fear of whether or not people would like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is something I really just worked through in recent years Mm -hmm. to be completely transparent. Um, I guess as a believer, I came to the point that God isn't going to let me miss out on relationships that I'm meant to be a part of. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry so much about what everybody else is doing and who Mm -hmm. likes me and who doesn't like I can trust that God is within me and he's leading my every step and he's also leading the steps of the people I want to be close with. So we'll connect. Like I don't have to work so hard or push so hard. Um, Overall, I felt protected. Like I felt like God was looking out for me and like he was 
yeah, he was making what needed to happen, happen. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say that that's even something he's challenging and healing more in recent years. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we often, like, overlook how, like, our upbringing or, like, our younger years shape, like, some anxiousness for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so he's really healing that and kind of bringing you out of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that freedom you're finding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would say, actually, COVID was a really big part yeah. of my healing, which is oh, so weird because it yeah. would be I the believe, opposite. I believe but, that, though, because you're, yeah. like, at home more, and he's like, all right, we're going to do a work now. Yeah, we're working out here. Um, but, like, that isolation time, like, I'm a big people person. I love hanging out with people. So, like, having that time where I couldn't hang out with people, and there's, like, that nagging thought in the back of your head, like, well, are other people hanging out? and you're just not invited and, da, 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 da. and it's Ooh, like yeah. this needs to stop like I cannot yeah. be tortured like this mm-hmm. day in and day out in my own house so <laughs> yeah not in my house not in my house <laughs> not in my house <laughs> that's awesome mm-hmm. though. that's yeah. wonderful yeah thank you for sharing that oh of course so what about you Grace well I don't think I recognize that I had anxiety but like as I look back on my life I'm like oh my goodness I was such an anxious kid mm-hmm. but like I kind of just did stuff anyways like I I didn't like sit too much with avoidance but um that's good yeah and and I was always involved with sports so I think that also Mm. really helped um when I was like you know from four on to like 18 19 that does provide a big social support when you have a team absolutely even if you're not close with your team you still Mm -hmm. have that group of people that you know oh (laughs) you know their names oh and and you're (laughs) there's camaraderie there's bonding you're working together yeah um so i do think sports really helped not only that but it was a lot of exercise Mm -hmm. and so like if you have an anxious working brain um then that exercise really like reduces what's mm-hmm. going on um and really kind of reduces the anxiety so can you tell us some more about the chemicals related to exercise and anxiety later when we talk about yeah the absolutely we're gonna be get good. into that gonna nerd out just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great though yeah um but yeah so i had a lot of uncertainty and just there was a lot of like stress in the home and mm. i think you know that that made me feel oh, like that level of anxiety as I reflect now as an adult. I'm like, oh, that's that's where like my anxiety comes from today. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think God is just like you, you Candace, God has just been really revealing a lot of stuff and healing a lot of stuff the past like year, two years especially. Um, I realized I had a diagnosis of OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. Don't you worry, guys. We will talk more about that in another podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so I've just been really diving into my upbringing, my trauma, and getting a lot of tools, like, the past year especially during COVID. (laughs) Yeah. As awful as a pandemic is, I think it can provide spaces for really good things Mm -hmm. sometimes, like... I know a lot of people were very negatively affected by COVID, yeah. and I'm not overlooking that at all. Absolutely right. not. But I also know a lot of people had a lot of space for other really good healing and restoration, and I think mm-hmm. that's good to look at or acknowledge, too. Yeah. This is not a podcast about COVID, but... <laughs> no, but I mean, it's applicable. I mean, we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, and, you know, yeah. there's still aftermath, but it was it was a whole thing. Like, it was... There's a lot of tough stuff involved. Yeah. yeah. But, Yeah. I also think, like, the good parts about it is we were, as Christians, I recognize that we were forced to be dependent on God, Mm -hmm. and we couldn't do the things that, like, made us, like, escape our our trauma, our anxiety, or just all that stuff, so... Mm -hmm. There, that's the part that I'm like, yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Not to, again, overlook any of the bad stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course. I'm sure all of us um, within our individual work with our clients have just seen how much COVID has brought up just anxiety mm-hmm. more um, in our people. I know I work primarily with teenagers and like the shift from being in school to like in one day just not going back to school gosh Um, having the rug yanked out from under you absolutely um and I worked with a couple of seniors during that time so like it was just really really heartbreaking for them of like I never got to do prom I never got to do graduation I never got to do the senior trip like I never got to do Mm -hmm. so many things so a lot of our work was closure and trying to just work through those losses and grieve those losses Mm. so that they can start moving into this new season of life. That's so good. 
But yeah, it's true. Talk about uncertainty. They mm-hmm. uh, they were really hit with that, I think, the most. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, might be bunny trying a little bit, but I'm going to hop on this too. Um, I live right across the street from a, from a high school. And at one point, I guess it was end of the school year, so June, probably 2020, um, they had a thing for the seniors and like they all came in their cars and they had the... Um, the football scoreboard up at like 2020 and it was like fourth and 19 like showing like you know the final down COVID's final down or whatever I forget there's a lot of significance to that and so I was glad they did something special for those seniors but it was almost emotional for me watching that like Mm -hmm. knowing how special my senior year was for me Mm -hmm. and watching them like have it be completely different yeah I almost got a little emotional for them sorry guys it's rough so rough understandable that it had to be that way but it's still hard so. yeah no I, I actually got uh, caught in traffic when that was happening because they were I think they were doing something on like the main road too and yeah. I was just like you know what I'm okay with being caught in traffic and yeah. this is the only yeah. time yeah. I think I would be them. they did a little like car parade yeah, too like, that's yeah. and they all had like flags and the fire trucks out and the sirens and so needed for, for yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was it was it was neat for them yeah so how is anxiety misunderstood? Yeah, well... Is it? First of all, is it misunderstood? I think so. I agree. <laughs> I think we all agree that's an obvious answer. Yeah. Like, I don't know, when people come into my office and we unpack stuff, and I'm like, well, that kind of sounds like anxiety. They're like, what? <laughs> I, I just didn't think that, like, my anger could be having some, like, anxious roots in it or mm-hmm. my irritability or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, I see it a lot where it's, like, I didn't, clients saying, I didn't know that was anxiety. Um, some of the things, you know, and, well, we posted this on our IG account. Go follow us on the Whole Mind podcast and, <laughs> and Instagram. Um, but some of the things that it can be that I think often get overlooked, not that it always is this, but it can be, um, is trouble concentrating, trouble sleeping, unwanted thoughts, perfectionism, procrastination, uncontrollable feelings of worry, restlessness, reassurance seeking, avoidance, and that one is a a big one. Yes. Um, Loss of appetite, feelings of guilt, shame, anger, irritability, and just there's a lot of physical symptoms that I think often get overlooked too. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? What have you... Um, seen or is there anything you guys want to add to that? I think I've been seeing how there is still a stigma. We talked in our intro pod, intro episode. We talked some about the um, stigma around therapy, but I think mm-hmm. the stigma around anxiety is still hanging on too. And it's um, yeah. I've heard of a lot of people who are pretty ashamed of it and don't mm. want to talk about it. Don't yeah. want anyone to know that they're maybe medicated for anxiety, um, going to therapy for anxiety. And as a therapist, I think it's easier for me to be like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you upset? Or like, why are you ashamed yeah. of this? Like, yeah. oh, my word. Um, and I understand everyone's on their own journey. But I think some of the misunderstanding is that if you have anxiety, if you're feeling anxious, something is wrong with you and it's bad or it's mm-hmm. wrong. And obviously we don't want those anxious feelings or thoughts, but it doesn't mean that it's bad or that you're bad or something is wrong with you or you can't handle life or you, um, yeah. Or you defected or it defines you. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like your identity, which Mm -hmm. is so untrue. You are not anxious. You suffer from anxiety. And those are two very different things. You are a person who suffers from anxiety. And I do think that, as we start, as you, whoever is listening, as you start being open with your struggle with anxiety, talking to people about it, <clears throat> go talk to someone that doesn't know that you have it. I think there will be a lot less misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. It will be more understood. And there will be a lot more grace for you and for the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where healing happens, too. The more you talk about something, mm-hmm. the more healing happens, the more... It, it opens up. Yeah. yeah. And and we're not like oblivious to the fact that there is risks are are mm-hmm. risks involved mm-hmm. with you talking about mental health struggles. Um, it depends on the people in your circle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but find those people who are trustworthy. Um, find those people who you feel safe to you um, and you know, who will challenge you a little bit too. 
but who you know you can share this stuff with that they might they not might not bring that stigma into the conversation with you um you kind of, you kind of touched on this a little bit Wendy about some of the myths but I want to dive into that a little bit mm-hmm. um you touched on it it's not bad I think that's the first thing that I always want to share with a client is like well, it's not a bad thing for you to have anxiety. Your body's actually doing something that it was programmed to do. Yes. It's just kind of on overdrive right now. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What are some myths that you guys see and hear in the, the counseling room? I would say, especially when we're thinking of the church, I hear mm-hmm. a lot of, oh, well, if you prayed more, if you just trusted God more, oh, yeah. that sort of thing, then you do not that. worry about your life. <laughs> <laughs> For tomorrow People will worry about itself. <laughs> come in so, like, wrapped up in that verse, and they're like, yes. well, I can't be anxious. Like, do not have anxiety. Mm-hmm. God said I can't have it. I'm like, ah. <laughs> No, he gives you hope for it. He doesn't say that, like, there is something desperately wrong with you if you suffer from this. Um, And if there's anything that I've found, like, just trying to push down the anxiety or, like, cover it with Mm -hmm. a verse will only make it worse. It'll only make you feel more like there's something wrong with you and you're doing something wrong. And then your anxiety heightens. Um, Scripture points us to some really good ways that we can Mm -hmm. start working through our anxiety. It gives us some good ways to like trust the Lord with it, Mm -hmm. but nowhere does it say that there is like you're a bad person or there's something wrong Mm -hmm. with you because you suffer from something. Oh my goodness. I do think that verse that I quoted, do not worry about, is it about your life? Do not worry about your life. Or is, what? It, is it like in Matthew or something? Yeah, it's in the Beatitudes, or the Sermon on the Matthew Mount. Matthew 6 or Matthew 5. But I do think that Jesus was alluding more to the hope of, if you are feeling anxious, it's okay. Hmm. You do not need to worry. So there's a difference between feeling, like the thought of, I must worry about this. Mm-hmm. Because if I do not worry about it, it will not happen. Yeah. That is a different concept than... I am feeling anxious. I am feeling worried about my mom's diagnosis, about Mm. my financial situation, about my kids' schooling, about COVID. You know, those feelings are perfectly healthy and normal and and you you gotta validate them and if mm-hmm. that's if you're struggling with that that's okay right. but i think and i don't know if you guys think differently you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think that in that verse jesus was leading more to like adopting that mindset that i must worry about it or else i am not going to be okay mm-hmm. like it's some form of protection yeah yeah, yeah. like if i am not worrying actively anxiously worrying about my finances then I will not be able to buy groceries tomorrow. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. he was alluding to. Like, no, let that go. Yeah. Do not worry about your life. I'm going to provide for you. Mm-hmm. You might still have those emotions about right. your financial status and, and that's okay. Let's work through that. But yeah, that need to worry is not on you. Well, y- yeah. And if you do that, it, it doesn't increase your control or decrease your control. Exactly. That control is an illusion. Exactly. So that's, I think that's really well said about what Jesus is actually getting at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So using that verse as a blanket of, Ugh. I'm feeling anxious, but the Bible says, do not worry. So I'm just not going to worry and I'm going to pray more and have faith. Like, yeah. That's, what do they call it? Um, oh, spiritual toxic, bypassing? Yeah, spiritual bypassing. I yes, love talking you. about that. We will talk about <laughs> Ooh, that another episode. The one thing that like I see a lot is that you should always know why you're feeling anxious. Like people come in, they're like, I don't even know why. Mm. And like, it feels like you always have to know like the, the root of it or just analyze it to figure it out, kind of reason it out a little mm-hmm. bit. Or that you have to eradicate ever having anxiety again. Um, I want to talk about the first one. You don't always have to know why you're feeling anxious to work through anxiety. And in fact, sometimes if we ask ourselves why, it actually perpetuates our anxiety. Like, why am I anxious? What, what's wrong with me? What's going on? What did I do today? You know, and you don't always have those answers because it's biological, it's chemical, there's hormones involved. And, and truthfully, we live in a world where that we have anxious things that come up, driving, um, mm-hmm. talking to people, um, living through a pandemic. <laughs> I was just, say COVID. <laughs> just going back to that. Um, so like sometimes we don't always know why. And I think it's sometimes like 
hurts us when we try to figure mm. out why. Where's the line mm. in when you stop trying to figure out why and go to it's biological? Because sometimes there is a trigger and right. there yeah. is a reason. So right. how do you know when it's which? Well, it's not wrong to identify the triggers. Um, I think more what I'm trying to get at is if like you you absolutely don't know why and you're investing so much time gotcha. into mm. trying to figure out why. So um, it's okay to try to figure out why, mm-hmm. but stop. Yeah, at some point, <laughs> it's like, it's not really about the why. Okay. Um, and I think sense. those, like, living with, like, an anxiety disorder is, like, sometimes you just have to accept the fact that you're feeling anxious mm-hmm. and, and use your tools, process it, um, talk about it with your therapist. If you go to therapy, talk about it with a, a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're saying is don't lose yourself in the search. Like, yeah. if that becomes almost like mm-hmm. an obsession, like, trying to figure yeah. out why... Um, then it might be time to mm-hmm. put that down and just focus on trying to treat your symptoms. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because I think sometimes that makes it really difficult then to be present mm-hmm. um, and to actually do the the events of your day. Um, mm-hmm. The other one is that you have to eradicate ever feeling anxious. I'm mm. like, oh, but you're probably not going to be able to do that because we have that programming in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not bad if it comes up. Yeah. That, that kind of goes back to that it's not bad. Sometimes it's more about managing it and coming out of it than mm-hmm. just eradicating it altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the truth about therapy. We don't we don't fix you. Like, therapists don't fix you. No. We're not yeah. like, okay, everything's solved. <laughs> Have a great life. You are now a perfect human. You're welcome. <laughs> You're that's welcome. what we do for you here at Life Spring <laughs> Counseling. We make you into oh, perfect yeah. humans. Never so mind. <laughs> that is what we do. That's our claim to fame. Oh, my gosh. False. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And any therapist that's saying that they're not actually, like, supporting your well-being or they're not human I don't know Um, but yeah so like what you do learn in therapy or when you're gaining tools is like you know if you feel anxious in the future is like hey I know what to do yes that's the that's the difference yeah we're us counselors we're here to equip you Mm -hmm. um so that you can face other anxious triggers Mm -hmm. in the future so that they don't have to just take you out but like you know that you can handle it when it comes up Mm -hmm. absolutely I got a whole list of myths. Awesome. Let's hear the myths. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, number one, my number one, um, anxiety is only a panic attack oh, or anxiety attack. Okay. That yeah. I don't have panic attacks. I don't have anxiety. Oh, That's man. a myth. That's a big um, one. Anxiety mm-hmm. is more than panic attacks. It includes that, but it's more than that. Absolutely. Uh, number two, medication is the only treatment. Uh, medication is a treatment. <laughs> I had like a physical reaction to that statement. Grace has got the shivers. <laughs> medication is a treatment. Sometimes there is a chemical imbalance and yeah. medication needs to happen. And that's good. There's no shame whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There are many other treatments too. Um, uh, I have someone who just started taking... D, I believe, because oh, yeah. her D levels were really low, and that can cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, some other people need to work on their gut health, get on a good probiotic, oh, get yeah. eating mm-hmm. well, sleeping well, drinking well. Mm. Other people need to incorporate more exercise, um, identify triggers, work through lies that they're believing that may be feeding anxiety, figure out mm-hmm. truths, many other things. It's not just medication. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're only doing medication, you don't always learn the, the how-to yeah. of how to process and work through your anxiety. Yeah, because it's easy. It's much easier to pop a pill than it is mm-hmm. to sit down for 15 minutes and work through what lie was I believing that led oh. to this anxiety. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but then so. your body, like, almost learns to override that, yeah. like, oh, um, yeah. that dosage mm-hmm. of medication. Then you need more and more. But mm-hmm. if you know how to kind of work through it, then that might not be yeah. as necessary. Exactly. And to piggyback on what you were saying as far as, like, how you use one with vitamin D, it was just super mm-hmm. low. I had a super wild health situation mm-hmm. earlier this year, and my anxiety, like, spiked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was having some really bad um, obsessive-compulsive disorder symptoms. Um, and end of the story... I had extremely low iron, like dangerously low. Mm. So low iron can lead low, to that apparently, too. like I. But once I my know. iron got all fixed out, like yeah. I was good. I don't have any um, 
obsessive compulsive sim- obsessive compulsive <laughs> symptoms anymore. My anxiety is way better. So yeah, it oh, could just be like an imbalance in your body. So go to your doctor, get checked out, yeah, <laughs> get yeah. your blood work drawn, ask mm-hmm. them to look at vitamin D, iron levels. Um, thyroid as well. Thyroid as well. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. so many things. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons and a lot of treatments. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, yeah. we're not we're not a formula for how to figure out what's going on. It could right. be a mm-hmm. whole lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we're complex. And like we have to kind of honor that we're complex human beings yeah. and and processing how to treat and and overcome anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few more myths. Yes. <laughs> Let's hear the myths. Um, my third one is if you eat right, exercise, get good sleep, etc., it'll go away. Ah! <laughs> Those are three no. amazing tools that you can yeah. add into your tool belt that mm-hmm. definitely can help fight anxiety. Yeah. They're not the cure all. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not the hundred percent. Like if you it. do those things you'll never feel right. anxious again. Right. Oh, your anxiety levels may go down if you start eating right, exercising regularly, and getting good sleep because your body might just be surviving on adrenaline because mm. you're not getting good sleep or whatever, and mm. so it might help, but doing those things is not most likely, I shouldn't say not, it will most likely not completely go away. Yeah. Mm. Well, and um, if you stop doing those things, like, do you have the ability to process and work through anxiety? Right. Because, exactly. like, like, the thinking about your thinking and the identifying your mm-hmm. thinking and all that stuff. So we're alluding more to the tool belt. I really do think that you're combating anxiety and mental health things as a whole. It is like you have to have a tool belt where you have your hammer, your wrench, your... Um, oh, no. Oh. My trades people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know anything. Screwdriver. There you go. I yeah. went like this. Yeah. <laughs> The motion for a screwdriver. what a screwdriver does. Um, you know, your vice grip, your... Um, is that vice grips that's on the wrist? Like, they have, like... Oh. No, 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 like... A vice grip is, like, a clamper Oh, thing. never mind. What is on the wrist? So, like, um, like a magnet thing on your wrist to put nails on. So. Oh. oh. What's that called? That sounds handy. Yeah. Not a vice grip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, tradespeople. This is My why I have a profession in therapy. Right Anyway, so a tool belt for a construction worker has many different tools in it, and they have they know what tool is right for what job mm, they're doing. That's so true. And I think in anxiety, you have to have a tool belt full of many different tools that you can use mm-hmm. that, you know, in this situation, this one's not working, so now I have to pull up my grounding techniques, or those yeah. aren't working, so I just really need a good night's sleep, mm-hmm. or, okay, mm-hmm. I do need to take an Ativan because nothing else is helping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, I think, I think I, the thing I say a lot is, like, just get curious with your body. Like, and it's a weird word to say, but you have to, like, be intuitive to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a, like, a obsessive, fixated way of, like, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. But, like, oh, I wonder if it's because I'm not getting enough water. Or I wonder if it's I'm not getting enough sleep. Or I wonder if it's because I spent two hours with this person. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. some things like that. Just kind of some curiosity about what's going on and what tool is going to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe watching the news or reading the latest COVID things that maybe the tool is putting it away and going outside and laying out in the sun, you know, because your mind cannot handle hearing more about the latest political news or the social news or health news. And that doesn't mean you're weak if you can't handle something. It means you're smart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to try to talk a little bit about the brain with you guys, about what's going on. Um, I have a whole lot of information, and I could nerd out a lot, but I am going to try to reduce some of that for you guys. Um, I'm just going to say that going back to some of the hormones that are involved is adrenaline cortisol. So your brain is flooded with these stress hormones, and the Mm. stress hormones are good because they're signaling something that could be frightening. Mm -hmm. But what's happening with anxiety is that when the stimuli is gone, you don't actually, like, calm down and your body, your nervous system isn't helping you calm down anymore and you're Mm -hmm. just flooded and flooded with more stress hormones. And then what's involved with that is an overactive amygdala and, you know, your hippocampus more reduced in its action. And so then that makes it really hard for us to think clearly because all of that affects your prefrontal cortex, <laughs> um, which is the front part of your brain, which is your decision maker, um, decision maker, your personality, all those things. Yeah. 
So what does your hippocampus do? You mentioned that that gets reduced. Yes. Okay. What is the hippocampus? So I love this word so much. (laughs) It's a fun word. It is a fun one. Hippocampus. Yeah. That's how I remembered it in college. (laughs) There's a hippo on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go to school, you remember things in the campus, Mm -hmm. and hippos have a good memory. So all that to say, it affects your memory. Hippos have a good memory? I think they do. Is that a thing? Like for real? I'm not a zoologist, so I don't know. That might be a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact? Yeah. Hippos have a good memory, says okay. Grace. Well, at least elephants what have a good they... memory, and they're like yes, I do. I do cousins, right? Oh, they are? <laughs> I don't know. What? I feel like I'm saying things I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. All right, guys, you learned today that elephants and hippos are cousins, and hippos have a good memory. If you take nothing else away. <laughs> That, those they are the do facts. have great memories. Woo! I can confirm. <laughs> Good According point. to Google? According to hippoworlds.com, hippos have a great memory. What sort of things do they remember? <laughs> I don't know. Can I share a little hippo story? Yeah. yeah. We'll Talk get back to the brain. I was, I'm sorry. I've got to share this. Yeah. Um, I did a, I mentioned before I did a YMDTS. We went to Egypt on our outreach, and one time we went to the Egyptian zoo, and they had hippos there. And I did not know this, but apparently when when hippos poop, it's it's kind of like a a very loose discharge like poop, it's more bowel fluid. movement. Yes. Yeah. And they have little tails. And when they poop, they wag their tails over their anal opening <laughs> very rapidly. So we're standing there looking at the rear end of the hippo. You know, he has his rear end towards us. Uh-huh. Right, you know, pretty much right next to the cage. And all of a sudden this hippo has a belt movement and starts like aggressively wagging its tail while it is like okay so manure spreader is pretty much what's going on like this hippo is pooping and poop is just flying everywhere its tail is like like, (laughs) wait was it enclosed anywhere no 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 thankfully like I think we realized what was going on before it got too intense and were able to escape so I don't I don't think any of us got hippo bowel movement on us. <laughs> Hippo feces. Yeah. Yes. It was very disturbing, though. Like, I never experienced anything like it. So, if anyone goes to the zoo, to the hippo enclosure, <laughs> hippo cage, okay, dis- display, not display, what do you oh, call it? Enclosure. Enclosure. Okay. Yeah. Exhibit. I don't know. Oh, that's a good one. If yeah. you go see the hippos, <laughs> don't stand too close to the rear because you Wait, did you shot. actually get something on you or no? No, yeah, I didn't. Okay, okay. I don't think anyone in our group did because I think it, like, it escalated. So oh, okay, gotcha. we were able to, like, oh, my gosh, this hippo was, like, spraying poop everywhere. Yeah. Bef- yeah. And yeah. we kind of got out of there you before escaped. it got to the point where it would have got on us. Wow. But it did, like, come out through the gate. like. Ew. Into the crowd. We're learning all sorts of things today. Maybe there's a YouTube video that, you know, your three-year-old would enjoy if you look up, like, hippo pooping. I don't know if it's actually a thing or if it's just that hippo, so. Well, Well, that hippo could have had That's my hippo story. Well, now, what is a hippo campus? campus. (laughs) Well, now you're never going to forget the word hippo campus. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, well, it doesn't have anything to do with hippos, actually, but it it is a fun thing to to think about. it's a part of the brain that processes memory, and that's why I was like campus, school, you know, because you, you learn things in like school, you remember it. things at school. But yeah, so that gets, like, it shrinks when there's all this going on, and so it processes things a little bit differently than a non-anxious brain would. So that programs you to think more negatively. Um, it, it only anxiety kind of tricks the hippocampus into only picking up negative memory, mm-hmm. negative processing about um, events. That's why when you're falling asleep, you're like, "Why did I do that thing?" Mm-hmm. And you're only picking up on the negative because the hippocampus is smaller mm-hmm. than someone without yeah. an anxiety disorder. Yeah, it, it like shrinks. Not that it's like you can't see it anymore. But right? Like, yeah. Does it like does it shrink and then expand? Is it is it pliable? In it's pliable. It is. Yeah. So it can shrink during some times and mm-hmm. then expand. That would it would only shrink if I this is happening this. I'm perpetually. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. not quite situational. Right. Like if you have more of an anxious brain, then this is what's going to happen. That's what's going to form. Mm-hmm. But like if it's a situational where you have to give a speech and then you're done and then you're fine, you know that's that that's not what's happening. But interesting. This is over and over and over again. 
My mind is blown. <laughs> My hippocampus is blown. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Hopefully it's still intact. Yeah. But yeah. That's so, really interesting. And then all of that makes a disconnect to your prefrontal cortex, like I said earlier. Yes. And um, which is your decision maker, your personality, just where you problem solve. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to do that clearly or rationally if these things have a disconnect um, mm-hmm. from your prefrontal cortex. So there's that mechanism is happening too. Um, that's a lot of information and there's a lot more that's very bare boned. Mm-hmm. So we will put a link into our show notes, probably. But if you have any more questions about that, you can just like email us at the whole mind podcast at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram, which is again the whole mind podcast. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> I don't think that's how you use it. I don't that. even know what that means. It's kind of dirty. Is it? I think so. It, I just like, thought it was like DMing someone. I think that's when you're like hitting on someone, but like over. Do not slide into our DMs. Do not do that. We are all we're, married. We're all happily married. married. <laughs> this is me being 30, almost 31. The elder millennial. Not knowing what what sliding into your DMs actually means. Now you know. So, I apologize. Okay. All sorts okay. of fun facts. I just learned what no cap means, so it's oh, wait, all good. Oh, can you remind me? No cap. Derek explain no that cap. So that means, like, basically for real. Oh, I'm being right. serious. Yeah. That's Why cap? Like, baseball cap? <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. I don't know. If there, if we have any of our younger listeners as a Gen Z now, yeah, yeah, can yeah. you can you like do us a favor and send us all of this slang stuff? <laughs> Actually, my sister in law sent me like, I think it was like a Pinterest post oh, really? that had like all the slang on it. Shout out to Anna, thank you for sending this to me, Anna. Yeah, <laughs> and it had like no cap on it and like all this other stuff. I, I think it's like over a year ago, so I'll have to find it. I just yeah, recently so changed. Yeah. <laughs> What? I just recently learned yeet. Oh yeet. my god. I feel like that doesn't come out real. Yeet. Oh, it does to the Gen Z. <laughs> do you guys talk like that? Like, yes, okay. they do. Y'all Hello, Pine Grove Youth Group. <laughs> we love, love you. Them. We need young people in our lives. Yes. Do. We're so right old. Oh my word. We're so old. <laughs> in our 20s. So, is there anything else? Th- Sorry. 30s, honey. <laughs> I'll be 31 in like a month. Okay. Um,. Grace, is there anything else with the brain? Um, I mean, there's a lot more I could get into. But as far as, like, the basic um, mechanisms of what's going on, that's that's kind of it. If you want to know more, we'll we'll put that in our show notes so you can have it. Awesome. It is. It's very interesting stuff. And I think if you research it, the more you can understand that, I mean, this is just programming, kind of, if we get to it. Um, So that kind of takes away some of the the severity, the seriousness of it, and you understand, mm-hmm. like, okay, I have I have this knowledge, this is what I can do with it, and I can say, oh, this is my brain doing something with anxiety. This isn't me. This mm-hmm. is this is the organ in my body. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be one of your tools that you stick in your tool belt when you're feeling anxious, you can either verbally say or visually think in your mind my hippocampus is reacting and my prefrontal cortex is not making decisions mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. labeling it like that can reframe it in your mind and even just help bring those down, yeah. bring the anxiety down and mm-hmm. help you think about it yeah. rationally. Absolutely. It's less overwhelming. It might feel less out of control when mm-hmm. it's like you can almost label what is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually been really helpful to me with my obsessive compulsive stuff is mm. just being like, okay, this is my my brain mechanism. This is what's happening and this is why. And mm. um, I can kind of just detach myself from it a little bit. But yeah. So what about the somatic mm. responses? Like how does someone know that they have anxiety? What yeah. does it feel like? Absolutely. So there are kind of three general categories that can show up and so that would be in your thoughts um and your behaviors and also like physically how you're feeling so um in your thoughts like i think we had mentioned before we may have mentioned before how um it's almost like racing thoughts or like you kind of find yourself stuck on the same thought like why did i do that wrong i was so dumb when i was in this particular situation um that sort of thing um and then physically like in your body um it can be a whole oh 
Can I actually rewind a little bit to thoughts? Please do. That's where the lies can lie, too. Yeah. The mm-hmm. lies can lie. Um, the lies are in there and the thoughts yeah. that I'm... I am so stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and those ruminating thoughts, the lies that are yeah. repeated over and over again that come with anxiety, when the truth is you are not stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, just want to yeah. add that in there. No, thank you so much. That is exactly where the lies, um, where the lies lie. <laughs> that's kind of how you would say it. Um, it and we can really just, like, adopt that as, like, that's who we are, and yeah. we can just really believe that about ourselves. So thank you so much mm-hmm. um, for yeah. throwing that in. So what about physical? Yeah, so physical. physically um, there can be a whole host of things. Um, it can come through, like, literally having chest pain, like your mm-hmm. chest feeling really tight, um, rapid heartbeat, um, your hands just getting really clammy or, like, mm-hmm. feeling, like, really hot when, like, you typically wouldn't feel hot yeah. in yeah. that space. Um, it can be almost feeling like you need to run or, like, being, mm-hmm. like, really jittery and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of different things. But that's just, like, a couple mm-hmm. yeah. that it could... Nausea. Oh, yeah, nausea for sure. Yeah. Stomach aches. Um, I think we had touched on um, lack of appetite, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, having trouble like, sleeping. Um, yeah. Like feeling Diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. Bowel stuff. <laughs> Call yeah. them nervous poos. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real thing. It yeah. is. Yeah. You can actually develop, um, what is it IBS. called? IBS. Yeah, irritable yeah. bowel syndrome um, from having, like, anxiety really mm-hmm. frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the body is going to pick up on things that you're not working through. Mm-hmm. Not that that's mm-hmm. saying if you have IBS, you're not working through anxiety, but, like, yeah, the body... It's just going to kind of pick up and manifest stuff physically. Mm-hmm. Body, mind, and soul are mm-hmm. connected. And Absolutely. they yeah. are affected by each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that can be a factor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it can show up as, um, like, avoidance, um, like, not really mm-hmm. wanting to go into certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes crowds can bring it up or the way that a lot of us feel about public speaking. Like, we just really don't want to do it. So, like, yeah. we'll feel anxious and we'll try to avoid it. It can be through procrastination. If we're feeling really stressed about an upcoming exam, we might even, like, avoid studying for it um, because we're so mm-hmm. anxious about it. Um, I've never done that. <laughs> None of us have ever um, can come out um, through the way that we speak um, about ourselves, about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd be less likely to say positive things about mm-hmm. ourselves yeah. um, because we might feel so deeply anxious about just, like, who we are and, like, what we're doing and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing I see is just avoidance. Yeah. Like, as yeah. far as behavior. I mean, I see all those things, too. But, like, that's what comes up again and again and again is mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of bringing clients out and saying, like, well, this sounds like something you want to do. Mm-hmm. And anxiety just really blocks them from doing that thing. And then that avoidance um, per- kind of perpetuates the anxiety, builds the anxiety more mm-hmm. until it's, like, very cyclical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just see a lot of things being missed out on when you when you keep avoiding and and I think that's one of the biggest ways that anxiety just tries to bully you mm-hmm. and kind of take over your life mm-hmm. behaviorally I've also seen it affect relationships yes because um, if someone has severe anxiety they they may project their anxiety their worries their fears onto someone else and mm bring them in along with it maybe that other person would start believing that as well that this some irrational fear is actually real or true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah just affecting relationships even with my like obsess obsessions compulsions a biggest big compulsion of mine is reassurance seeking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what reassurance seeking is is like is that okay am, mm-hmm. am i this person do you th- do you like me you know mm-hmm. and it can be a whole lot more like that but it's asking someone a question to make yourself feel better or doing something to make yourself feel better with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. And actually that just that can drain relationships, that can, mm-hmm. you know, project onto people. It can do a whole lot in your <clears throat> relationships. So um, yeah. and it doesn't help you with your anxiety either. When when people reassurance seek with me, not that they would have OCD, but I think it's just kind of rampant in our mm-hmm. society. That's um, natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to get reassurance, but when it becomes like a lot like it's a pattern Mm -hmm. I think when people do that to me I'm like oh you're fine like what did I do to make you you feel that you're Mm -hmm. not okay or Mm -hmm. like don't you feel safe here you know like Mm -hmm. you know it kind of makes me question stuff too sure and I have to identify that but like you can see how it can easily like bring like a wedge Mm -hmm. into your relationships 
somatically it makes your like time out can you define somatically yeah i love that word too (laughs) we use that a few times now and i just realized not everyone might know so just body sensations Mm -hmm. um that's basically what that means um what you're physically feeling mm -hmm. okay so somatically somatically um it makes what anxiety is trying to make you believe it makes it feel real Mm -hmm. and that's the thing Mm -hmm. it's it's not always it's like hey my stomach is making me feel queasy that doesn't mean that I'm going to throw up or yeah. that doesn't mean that I have to avoid this situation or mm-hmm. this trip or being in this car with these people that I love. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I have to miss out. Yeah. Um, hey, I feel like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another body. Uh, I have um, migraine or something. Oh, I don't know. That's not a really good example. I'm trying to think of what else would make someone miss out. Um racing heart feeling like you're having a heart attack yeah, yeah. so like calling the the er or something mm-hmm. which is it's fine they're they're trained they understand mm-hmm. how to process if you that. think you're having a heart attack that is a good thing to do right. you should call 911 we don't yes. want to be like Even don't do anxiety. that <laughs> yeah. um but having very low levels of that mm-hmm. feeling like maybe shortness of breath mm-hmm. that you know is anxiety when you've identified it as anxiety and you know that mm-hmm. don't let that stop you from living your life is that what you're saying yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so like and try not to analyze it too much like what does this mean what does this mean just some Mm -hmm. of that going back to that Mm -hmm. not asking the why too much but Mm -hmm. um and not trying not to believe what your body is how it's manifesting anxiety yeah well I think the biggest thing that is important um is tools we talked about the tool belt Mm -hmm. quite a lot yes um, and so there are some tools we want to share with you guys. Uh, just disclaimer, what we're doing isn't therapy. Mm-hmm. And you will get a whole lot more out of going to therapy yes. than this. But we, we're also mindful that it's hard for some people. Or you might not be ready um, mm-hmm. financially. It is quite a, a task. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, we want to try to get some tools out there to you guys. Mm-hmm. My personal favorites um, are grounding techniques mm-hmm. and the two that I use a lot is body scan and five senses yep. body scan you can find a whole lot of videos on YouTube about this if you google search it um, or YouTube search it uh, is a guided meditation um, someone is telling you to close your eyes and ask you to focus on your your head to your toes they just go in that order Mm -hmm. and there's usually some soothing noise in the background maybe like a waterfall and someone has a soothing voice and you're really just focusing on nothing else but your your body and that's it Mm -hmm. and when I have people do this in my office they're they they come to after it's done and they're like they come to that makes (laughs) it sound like they're like out of, out of it. <laughs> well, they're like relaxed in ways they may not relax before. But mm-hmm. Not like unconscious. Right. Hypnotized. True. Not hypnotized. All the medical people are like, mm. <laughs> like what are you doing? What? what? So they, yeah, they, they like open their eyes. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. They open their eyes and um, they're like, wow, I could fall asleep now or I feel mm-hmm. so relaxed. And, yeah. um, and that, that is the goal there. And mm-hmm. you're not thinking about anything else. So you're not telling mm-hmm. yourself, you're not thought stopping. You're not telling yourself, don't feel anxious, don't feel anxious, mm-hmm. don't feel anxious. You're mm-hmm. doing something that just redirects your thoughts. And yeah, you're just get... focusing on something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that and it's really good. Mm-hmm. And then five senses is literally just your five senses. Mm-hmm. I go in the order from sight, hearing, um, touch, feeling, uh, smell, and taste. I mm-hmm. think that is the easiest order to yeah, go into. To but mm-hmm. you can go in any order you want. Those are some things that I really like teaching my clients about. To expound on that five senses, um, I often teach my clients that you look around five five things, find five things that you can see, four things you can feel physically, three things you can hear, two that you can taste, and one that you can smell. Okay, there you go. Um, and be as detailed as possible so don't just say I see a door and a couch and a Mm -hmm. table and a computer but I see a door it's tan there's brown lines through it it has a window and Mm -hmm. a gray handle the couch is blue with stripes it has three cushions on you know yeah and expound on it because if you can with with anxiety your brain your mind is flying off the handle with Mm -hmm. some irrational whatever it might be for you but it's just flying high and 
your job with the five senses or the body scan, any mm-hmm. grounding tool, is to bring it back to earth, to the physical earth. Mm-hmm. And when you focus on your senses, that's bringing your mind back, focused on the physical earth around there you. you oh, yeah. And not focused on the crazy um, mind thoughts mm-hmm. that it wants mm-hmm. to go to with anxiety. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in reality, even though like a lot of us multitask a lot, our brain can only really focus on one thing mm-hmm. at a time. It can only really give most of its attention to one thing. Um, mm-hmm. So when we're doing five senses, like Wendy was saying, like be really detailed. Like you're kind mm-hmm. of making your brain focus on this particular brown table that's pretty big and it's a darker brown and like you're mm-hmm. really focusing and zeroing in on that so it kind of gives your brain a chance to make a different decision instead of just flying mm-hmm. on its um like current that. path um and mm-hmm. also body scan which i absolutely adore and mm-hmm. love i love it because what the video is doing is it's walking you through something called muscle progressive relaxation Ooh, yeah i believe that's yeah you're right mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah um so basically what it's doing is like it's telling when you get really anxious like your muscles tense up whether you notice it or not like you typically get pretty tense so when you go through body scan um it's making your muscles relax and that tells your brain that like we are not in danger mm-hmm. and right. just mm-hmm. like five senses that kind of allows your brain to make a different decision um and start walking in a different direction yeah Mm -hmm. really just so you can go about your day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I love I love the body scan I also love the five senses because you can you can use it anytime Mm -hmm. you know you start to feel yourself feeling a little more anxious like if you're you're picking up on it you're starting to like you know identify like your anxious symptoms a little bit more um Mm -hmm. the five senses you can pull out and no one else has to know what you're doing if you don't Mm -hmm. want them to Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be done anywhere, anytime. Yeah. The body scan, I mean, you have, to, I personally tell people to use like a YouTube video. Um, you can think through it yourself if you want yeah. to, but I think it's a little more relaxing if you have someone saying it over you. Mm-hmm. Or at least closing your eyes. Yeah. yeah. So, so that one's a little bit harder to it's do. It's a little bit harder to just kind of do out in the open, but sometimes I tell people, like, if you need to go to like the bathroom stall mm-hmm. and like pull out your phone, your headphones, or. Mm-hmm just kind of think through it you know in a, a different space from other people that's okay to get it's just like two minutes really yeah yeah another good grounding tool is um squeezing ice cubes in your hands mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. put one in each hand squeeze as hard as possible for as long as possible and focus your mind on what you're feeling in your hands it might hurt there might be some pain cold numbness whatever Mm -hmm. but focusing on the sensation in your hands again bringing the brain out of the crazy mind warp that it's in back Mm -hmm. into the physical reality Mm -hmm. yeah i also want to talk about deep breathing some yeah yeah um there's one called box breathing that i really like and it helps too if you close your eyes but you don't have to you visualize a box being drawn starting at the top left corner you breathe in for four seconds Visualize that line being drawn across the top. You hold for four seconds, the line going down. Exhale for four seconds, the line across the bottom. And then hold for four seconds, the line up to the top. Mm. And then you can repeat that numerous times. But that's a deep breathing tool that you can use. So you just mm-hmm. visualize the box being drawn. In, hold, out, hold. In, hold, out, hold for four seconds each side of the box. And a thing that I would tell people, like, you know, if you're a Christian, you're coming to see me, you know, we're incorporating scripture a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so YouTube's a great tool for some, like, scripture videos that are relaxing, mm-hmm. um, just speaking encouraging uh, verses over you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that, like, three-hour loops. So, like, I mean, you don't have to listen mm-hmm. to it that long, but mm-hmm. you could have it in the background if you're at home or something like that. Or at night as you're falling asleep. Yeah. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can play that over you, get that into your subconscious at yeah. night, especially if it's scripture. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome way to, to expose your brain to it without having to work to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. someone's saying it over you. And some. so those of you who would be more... Um, of like audible learners Mm -hmm. I think that would be great because sometimes reading can be hard if you're not able to concentrate Mm -hmm. Um, so just having that can be really good Um, I have people who like have to watch TV before they go to sleep Mm -hmm. because like their anxious thoughts stop them from falling asleep on their own so listening to scripture videos um, would be a really good alternative to that Mm -hmm. to like help you fall asleep instead of like continuing to stimulate your brain watching TV Yeah, yeah. so one thing I always tell people 
I shouldn't say always, a lot. Tell people with any sort of new habit that you're trying to do, any sort of tool you're trying to put in your tool belt, is you have to be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And you have to practice these tools even when you're not feeling anxious. Uh Yeah, absolutely. I use an analogy. Did you ever play sports, Candice? Um... I grew up an equestrian. <laughs> okay. So, how, yes, how long but not a team sport. A, how long did you do equestrian? Long time. Okay. Um, okay. So, I'm going to use you. I know, Grace, you play sports, so you can chime on this, too. Mm-hmm. But um, when did you start doing equestrian? 11. Okay. And when did you, when were you done? Like, when did you finish? 18, 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, when you were 19, sorry, when you were 11, were you as good then as you were when you were 19? No. Why not? Because I practiced. You practiced. Mm-hmm. Did you only practice on show days? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What would happen if you waited until a show day to practice? It'd be a disaster. What? I wouldn't know what I'm doing. You um, wouldn't know what you were doing. I would feel so unconfident. Um, mm. Yeah, it just would not work out well. Would you succeed as an equestrian, as a rider, if you waited until your show day to practice? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. That's a physical thing that you had to learn. You had to teach your muscles how to ride a horse. You had to teach the horse how to move. You had to know what you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. And you did that by practicing. The same exact concept applies to your mind. Mm-hmm. If you're going to train your mind, if you're going to learn a new tool, you must practice before the emotional event. Mm-hmm. So the emotional event is a equivalent, like your your anxiety, your panic attack, whatever it might be, is equivalent to Candace's equestrian show. Mm-hmm. So if she waited until then to practice her what she you know uh, her tools, if she waited until then to practice riding, she would have no idea what to do. If mm-hmm. you wait until your anxiety attack to practice your grounding tools, to practice your mindfulness, whatever it might be, you're not going to succeed because mm-hmm. you're not going to know what to do and you're going to slip back into the panic that your mind knows because yeah. that's what it knows what to do. I tell people to be practicing your grounding and mindfulness once a day Mm -hmm. in the mirror when you wake up before you go to bed take five minutes and practice your tools whether or not you're feeling anxious doesn't matter do it because candace had to practice how often did you practice um twice a week for how long each each like twice a week uh two hour rides okay so it's about four hours a week yeah average yeah ish Mm -hmm. so if you can practice four hours a week of equestrian you listeners can do five minutes a day of mm-hmm. your tools. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, not only that, is it going to help you when you're actually feeling the higher levels of anxiety or panic? Yeah. Um, it's going to regulate your mind as you're doing that. So mm-hmm. not saying you won't feel higher levels of anxiety, but it might reduce the chances of that. Mm-hmm. So because you're already um, regulating things in your mind, you're already um, decreasing some of the things that are overactive in yeah. your brain. So that, I mean... If, if the, the practice that it helps when it's show day, so to speak, mm-hmm. doesn't sell that to you, the fact that you may reduce it already, yeah. hopefully that sells it to you a little bit too. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Something that I u- like to sell, like when my first days um, meeting with someone, <laughs> is do this tool. <laughs> do this! Um, it's For journaling. For the low price of nine ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> start journaling, please. Gulp some um, water. No, um... Journaling is a really great tool that I always love to recommend um, very early in my time working with someone. It gives your brain a chance to, like, spit it all out, get it out there, all those thoughts that have been building up. Um, And journaling can also be a good tool to help you possibly figure out why you're feeling so anxious. Absolutely. If you find Mm -hmm. that you're feeling more anxious every day after the certain thing usually happens, that's a pretty good clue. There's something going on with that <laughs> yeah. certain thing. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. can change some things when you identify that. Absolutely. Yeah. Journaling is the bomb. Definitely give it a shot. Yeah. Really and with mm-hmm. journaling, it is a sell. Like, honestly, I feel like it's a sell with clients because mm-hmm. you can hear things like, well, I don't have time for that or like, I, well, I don't know, what would I journal about or like, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And so how I try to process it is like it doesn't have to be like a blank piece of paper it can be a guided prompt yeah Mm -hmm. there's lots of journals out there that will guide you and ask you questions to get you thinking um Mm -hmm. there's sometimes there's like audio journals that will do that too like if you need to just verbally process it instead of writing it down oh that's a good thought Mm -hmm. so there's there's options and opportunities it's not just like 
what maybe you think journaling is. There's mm-hmm. lots of lots of options out there, but it is. It's needed. Yeah. yeah. I have a journal prompt um, that I guess we can link in the show notes yeah. if yeah. I wanted to um, that I really like to give to everyone because it kind of, um, over the course of two weeks, it's like questions to mm-hmm. answer mm-hmm. that kind of works you through basically your whole life and like how you think of yourself and how you think of your relationships mm-hmm. and that wow. sort of thing. So that's Ooh. been extremely effective in helping people figure out their anxious triggers mm-hmm. some more tools that we touched on earlier but i want to throw in this portion is um eating getting your eating back on track mm-hmm. drinking lots of water getting good sleep exercise if you can get outside get some fresh air some sunshine yeah um get your <laughs> what's this exercise produce endorphins yeah well Endor- no. it gets them moving so it's yeah. a re- it's a release of the stress hormone um, adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so if you if that's like being overproduced, then you you want that release. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are some more physical, practical things that mm-hmm. you can do. If you guys have any questions or comments, please email thewholemindpodcast at gmail dot com mm-hmm. or check out our Instagram, thewholemindpodcast. And don't slide into our DMs. <laughs> don't slide, just just naturally DM us. Yes. <laughs> no sliding, please. <laughs> Apparently that's not good. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, please communicate with us, and yeah. we will either get back to you directly, or maybe we'll try to address it in a later podcast, mm-hmm. or yeah, something like that. Hope this was helpful for you. Yes. Yeah. Alright, guys, you'll hear more from us, and next time we'll be talking about boundaries. Have a good few weeks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.